Okay, so George, you and I just did a review of Barbarian yep. on the channel, and we're very desperate to talk about details of the plot. If you haven't seen it, please stop. Please go and listen yep. to our spoiler-free review yep. of Barbarian, because as George said, there is so much that could ruin what this film is doing. This is a spoiler zone. This now is a we're going to talk session. about the plot. Um, um, just in case you missed that bit, George and I really, really like the film. Very yeah. excited about what it's done. Um, but yeah, Barbarian. Let's go into some of the things about what happened in this film. Um, I mean, I I think... I'm, no, okay, okay. I, well, no, you go, go first. Well, I was going to say, I think one of the things I said in my review was that I found it, it's so perfectly paced and it knows exactly when to end yes. to, to like move on to something else. Yeah. And the moment when it, you know, your first reveal yeah. of the monster downstairs and then you cut to Justin Long, yes, who is brilliant. this... TV producer, the moon completely changes and you just now are following his descent into the same situation. But one of the moments I just was laughing so hard is when he discovers this horror cliche of a like basically a sex dungeon room in his basement. He just gets the tape measure out and Googles does underground square footage count towards the house. And he's measuring and he's just completely not aware of the fact that he's just moving the thing. Casting of Justin Long is perfect because yeah. so obviously if you've seen the film you know this but like so Justin Long's there's this like what actor who's been completely coughed up and he's gone back to his house to try and sell it and it's being cancelled for a sexual and he's just abuse not, allegation and what I love he's basically it's like the director said let's get an entirely different genre of film in this film yeah. let's get a Justin Long comedy into this film and you have this comedic character who's completely unaware that they are in a horror film and yeah the, the whole thing about G, um, gross uh, living area and how to measure the um the space and you're right he's walking through this dark air he goes downstairs he sees like basically like a film a horrible place where people yeah. are chained up and, and pro- like you know basically had sex with and then he sees more and he goes holy shit and yeah, he's like measuring yeah, yeah, the yeah. square footage and it's, it's such a modern reaction to it someone yeah. who's so self-involved yeah. who has zero empathy just yeah. to go oh my god I can make so much money I yeah. need to sell my house and this and, and that's that. and also like that sort of 20 minute detour it takes to explain who Justin Long is this yeah. man he is the, the... and when he first goes into the house we already know what's happened there but when he sees the wash bag the toothbrush yeah. all the what other the stuff fuck? and he's like not really engaged he's like what the fuck bro like yeah, I don't yeah. did anyone come into my house yeah, yeah. Uh, just the Airbnb thing as well I just think it's such a clever concept yes. of like a mismatch gone wrong. It, it, I like the way the because basically the first act of Bill Skarsgård is a complete red herring. Yeah, it, oh, red herring and, and they're perfectly playing on your expectations yeah. of Bill Skarsgård as an actor. Exactly, but by doing that, they up your anxiety. So yes. when the actual horror films, you feel kind of chill and jumpy. Yeah. So the whole thing there with Bill Skarsgård, he's he's fine. Yeah, he's, yeah. Not, he's, he's like, actually uh, he, he sort of reveals himself to be like really emotionally mature and self and aware of the fact that you know yeah. he's a strange man. He has invited her in, but he doesn't want to sort of make mm. her feel uncomfortable. He's like. I can sleep here, and you know, by all means. But, but then he'll do that thing, which is which is just the drip drop of uncomfortability, where he'll say like, "Oh, Tess, that's a pretty name." Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Or he's like, "Would see- you like a drink?" Oh, you can watch me yeah. make it this time because he's always like trying to be so woke yeah. and aware of the fact that she's there. And um, I, I don't know the lead actress. Let me just find. Oh, uh, Georgina name. Campbell. Georgina Campbell, I thought was also great in this. Yeah, and there's later moments where um, it's that horror moment where she gets the police to, oh. to try and help her, but because she's been in, locked in a dungeon for a few days, she looks like yeah. a, a homeless person who's like a crack addict yeah. and the police just do not believe her because she has the most horrendous concept to yeah. try and explain. Like, do you understand? I've been locked in a basement. Yeah, yeah. There is a bar- the barbaric monster yeah, who is yeah. going to kill the guy and they're like, okay, I've got another call. Yeah, exactly. And she just looks like a crack, a crackhead so basically. Just to run through it, I think also let's try and run through it narratively, narrative order. Yeah, let's, let's right? do it. So like obviously Bill Skarsgård lets her in and they have that wonderfully tense encounter like I said, if perfectly well-meaning then he'll say the odd thing which is a little bit creepy and actually I think if you look at the male characters in this film, 
uh, uh, him, Bill Skarsgård, Justin Long, and um, who I'm taking to be the barbarian of the yes. title. Yeah, yeah. Right? Um, that's a very interesting thing about what's happening there. Um, there's that great first scare in the middle of the night where her door is open and you hear mm. that sort of squeal and the scurrying. And again, Bill Skarsgård having the nightmare is irrelevant to the plot. Yeah. But you were just like, what the fuck is going on? And then when she comes out to see him, the door behind, and you realize after you've seen the film the whole point that that cellar door locks on the inside is because mm. you would have had victims down there yeah. right um and then there's obviously when she, when she goes to that interview with the filmmaker and she says to the person oh I'm, I'm staying at an airbnb in brightwood or whatever yeah and she goes brightwood you shouldn't stay there and now at the time i'm thinking that's because it's a derelict neighborhood and you know with lots of social deprivation yeah. i think it's also because that person's like lots of women went missing in that area yeah like it's it's notorious for crime and, 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 you know, vice. Um, then you've got the bit where the whole discovery scene of her in the cellar, finding the rope, opening the door. And it descends. You think it oh, descends yeah, into one thing and then it, it goes down when she deeper. Gets, and the clever, I love, you know, a clever character who uses the mirror and she yes. just, it, it gives us, she uses the mirror to reflect the light down into the gap. Because yeah. at first she's like, nope, nope not, not doing that. that. Yeah. And the sort of, the light just catches the shine of the door handle and yeah. you're watching and, and already you're thinking, just no, get do out, not do not leave. And she walks in and obviously it's that really dark, horrible video camera, soiled bed, bucket, yeah, hand on the wall. On the wall. <laughs> and then um, when Bill Skarsgård goes down and then he just, he says, you know, obviously I will go down and check and then he doesn't reply. Yeah. And the whole thing when then she follows down because he's not answering. I'm thinking, well, it's a trap. He's, he's the he, one. He's trapped you. Yeah. And then, but he's not in the room. And then you see the hinges of this other door. And yeah, that moment where she opens it and it reveals that darker underground tunnel, which has just got the deepest black. The deepest black. And then when you see finally the silhouette of what is there and like the scream oh, that it When I said that moment in the middle of January, that whole descent into the bottom chasm. So well done. And, and hearing Bill Skarsgård, I was just on the edge of my seat. And, and when he appears, you're scared. Yeah, yeah. And you have your first jump scared. You're like, oh my God. And then there's and then a the second one. <laughs> brilliant brilliant and reveal grotesque and um yeah and, and it and cuts to justin long on the freeway like again as soon as that would tie you out it yeah. just cuts you off and then you get, you get the whole justin long sequence um, and i also want to talk about the moment where it goes back in time yes. to this uh, new development which reveals this man that basically was uh, an electrician who yes. would you know, uh, capture young women, yeah. bring them down, and then he would basically have babies, make the babies have the yeah. babies. Uh, awful, dark. Awful, dark. And um, it has this really, uh, and it, it's not, it doesn't just throw it in your face. It sort of switches its aspect ratio. It's bright and colorful. Mm. The neighborhood, which is now derelict, is yeah. was this like new project in the 1950s, I want to mm. say. And um, he just is out buying some very dodgy like hardware shop stuff. And he just sees this woman who's mm. getting her groceries and the camera like stays through his car window and just follows yeah. as he walks watches her and um, he lets himself into her house pretending to be one thing that's really like locking her window. His, um, what's it called? Like vetting it. The whole yeah, place. For like, his, I'm sorry, man. I'm just here to for his check up later. Uh, an electrician file. Well, well, also you missed that the, before that with the with the creature, we've discovered that like there's this horrible room and there's this breastfeeding tape playing. Right? Yes, yeah. So when he goes to the supermarket and he's he's buying diapers and plastic sheets, and you're like, oh my! That's when I started to realize what was happening. Yeah, and and he's obviously keeping these women and and it fathering children and and it leads you to figure it out. It yeah. doesn't just show you everything yeah. that happened, and you know by the time you sort of catch up with that person later that this is what mm -hmm. has been happening and it's horrible. Yeah, and. Um, then when you cut back to yes, I, I, yeah, you're right. The whole '80s switcheroo I thought was Sorry, brilliant. It's 80s, right? brilliant, brilliant um, 
casting of Richard Brake, who's a yeah. genre actor who's been in this territory so many times. When I saw him, I was like, here he is. Perfect. Skeletal, horrible. Stone, non-empathetic. Looks like just... a walking cigarette. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and, uh, and then they reveal the house, the interior of the house, like in the 80s. And then oh, it, it's it completely like, different. opens the cellar door and the screaming from underneath. Yeah. yeah, very dark. But then when the, it cut back, cuts back to the present. Also, sorry, we, there's so many, oh my God, there's so many good details to this film. When Justin Long is is down in the, the crypt, as we could call it, mm. I suppose, the catacombs. Yeah. And he hasn't encountered the, the, the mother yet. But then he discovers the room and then the tape measure, which you've said, which was a comedic device, then yeah. rattles. Oh yeah. And, and it's like this horror thing. Coming. Um, and there was this, this other great moment where the monster was chasing him down the hallway. But when he got close to the father's room, yeah. she didn't want to go. Yeah. That was like, she was like, oh, I'm not going in there yeah. because she probably knows like he's probably the worst horror or he's the monster really. But then also I thought, because the bell was there, he would ring the bell and he, she would bring him stuff. Oh, probably. Keep him alive. But, yeah. but, I know, but I also agree that he's, she's probably like in service to him. Yeah. The, um, the moment with the bottle. Oh my God. Absolutely. And like the bottle, it almost felt like 3D. <gasps> it was like <gasps> wide and yeah. like of some black hair yeah. dripping from the thing. Grotesque. Oh. And, I, and then gonna... when she takes him out to oh, go, yeah, there's, there's, there's a breastfeeding scene, oh. which is just, as you can imagine, awful. Um, and uh, the and whole third act. The switch <laughs> on how you feel about that character towards the end, right? What with um, yeah. Justin Long, I mean? No, like when, uh, well, no, well, there's that. But when you actually start right at the end, you feel a lot of sadness towards this, this, yeah. this woman who just was, you know, never really a person, was manipulated into thinking she needed to be a mother and a yeah. provider. There's also some funny action, like the way which Justin Long sacrifices yeah, her. Yeah, oh yeah, my God, yeah, like yeah. you slipped, you were falling. Yeah. And when um, what it does really well, which is the thing that a lot of horror video games do, which is like, you have have um, safe rooms yeah. in video games and like you know this is where you like keep your equipment and like you know that the monster's not coming in but what really good video games do is they make you think you have a safe space yeah. and then your monster like bursts yeah, through yeah, yeah. if you've never played Resident Evil 2 you'll know what I'm talking yeah, about yeah, yeah. and this does the same thing where like they're with this uh, this guy who like has been living in the area for ages and they're like are you sure that are you sure that we're yeah. safe and he's like I've been living here for 15 years yeah, yeah. and she's never coming. Yeah. Boom! Yeah. She just bursts through the yeah. wall and comes straight in. And it, I, was like, I was like terrified, but laughing that that happened. I also, I was just thinking about the creature design as well, because often with these things, like the creature design can let you down so much. Yeah. White Grace, like she is human, so you perfectly accept how she looks, but she's like, inc like she's like a mutation. She's incredibly tall, yeah. incredibly strong. strong. So she's human, but not quite. It's sort of implied as byproduct of like multiple layers in incest. incest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that, yeah, that, that is the, the horror sort of heart of yeah. it. But um, the journey- And, and the, some of the uh, things they do when, um, when she escapes and she climbs out the window and they do this thing with the camera where <gasps> her arms like crawl yeah, and you're uh, just, you're watching it and you're just like, you're shaking because you oh, just want to get out. But that's the thing as well, because the homeless, the, I love the homeless, guy switcheroo as well yes, because the, the, earlier in the film before the, any of the seller stuff has happened after she comes back with the interview with the filmmaker you just see this figure running at her after she's been told that it's a scary area right yeah, yeah. little girl don't go in there and he's trying to little tell girl. her like, yeah. do not go in that house like he knows the horror and obviously you're like oh my god what is this person outside and yeah that just primes you for it um, I, I I just hats off to Zach, Zach Craig for you know, putting it together. And I, you know, I know some people might be able to pick, pick apart it and stuff, but like, I think you're really missing the point that this mm. has been a really well, really well executed yeah. film. I, <sighs> so good. I, I'd love to hear other people's thoughts and what they thought of it. If you have any impressions on yeah. Barbarian, please write into hello at popkitchenpodcast.com and we'll read them out on the show. Mm -hmm. 
So, George, The Banshees of Inner Sharon came yes. out a couple of weeks ago. You managed to see it at the London Film Festival mm -hmm. and you did a review on the channel. You can check out that episode. It's uh, part one of our London Film Festival review episode. And uh, I managed to catch it in part cinemas. Part two, actually. I'm so sorry, James. Sorry, it's part, part two, two. But listen to both. Listen I was to actually both. trying to trick them to get an extra, <laughs> sure. an extra listen. Um, but in that time, I was quite excited to see it. I've heard a lot of great things about Banshees of Inner Sharon. And we also asked one of our Irish listeners, he's a fan of the show, friend of the show, yeah. Bevan, to write in and let us know what she thought. Because Bevan had previously written in about Irish cinema and yes. Irish talent, and we wanted to hear from her perspective as well. And it's a dialogue. Bevan, thing, uh, on Instagram, sent to uh, at Pulp Kitchen Podcast, sent us a picture of her ticket, yeah. that she was going to see it, yep. that she got her homework assignment. Yeah. You know, we didn't want to rush you because you don't uh, work for us. <laughs> <laughs> but Bevan has come back with a very great email with her thoughts. Bevan, thank you so much for writing in. And I thought we would start this conversation with our Irish correspondent, Bevan. Yeah. Bevan writes in to hello at Pop Kitchen Podcast, just like you can. And she says, hello, friends. How are you guys? Uh, yeah, we're well. We're great. We're really looking forward to reading your email. I hope you're both doing well. When I say I was so surprised when watching your review of Banshees and you turned to camera and asked about my opinion, safe to say I immediately paused and played it for my family. Oh. LOL. A few days later, someone I knew from uni sent me the screenshot of the episode and said, are you the Bevan they're talking about? <laughs> Felt like a celeb. Uh, okay, here we go. Okay. I've broken this review up into spoiler-free and spoiler-full. We will be talking spoilers yes. for The Banshees of Inner Sharon. So if you haven't seen the movie, please go and see it. Come back. We already have a spoiler-free review, so yeah. you can go check that out. Spoiler-free stuff. Walking into this film, I had high expectations. I had studied McDonald's work extensively throughout uni and have always been a fan of his theatre and early films. Six Shooter is so brilliant. Colin and Brendan are such a force to be reckoned with. I thought that this film would be a cert for the award season. The film started and I noticed myself checking my phone for the time quite early into the film. Ooh. Disaster. Don't know why your phone's on though. Yeah, screening, Bevan. Bevan. But anyway, no, I really I tried digress. to like the film, but there was something about it that just did not work for me. Mm. Brendan Gleeson and Colin Farrell, while they are both brilliant actors in their own right, did not carry this film well. For me, the star of the film was the ultimate scene stealer, Barry Keoghan. Mm. His playfulness and character nuance was an absolute joy to watch. I found myself eagerly waiting for him to appear on stage. The film had one too many establishing, sh establishing shots for my liking, and I found there to be a serious lack of tension and stakes. Overall, an overhyped film, leaving me unsure if I want to see any more of McDonald's film work in the future. Wow. Now going into spoiler territory. Okay. This film has been one of the biggest letdowns I've experienced in cinema in a long time. Wow. The film was bigged up to be this masterpiece with the holy trinity of McDonough, Farrell and Gleeson all back together. I had spoken to some family who work in the industry, writers and directors, and we all came to the same conclusion. This film was boring. The lack of tension in the script, the direction and the characters themselves was incredible. I've always said that I think McDonough is a better playwright than a screenwriter, mm. and this film proves my point. Mm. McDonough has written extensively about the West of Ireland and has made the rural scene work for him in his plays, but unfortunately, did, this did not come across audible sigh the cutting of the fingers she put brackets audible sigh yeah. uh, the cutting off of the fingers i honestly don't know what to say there was no there was little to no real on-screen consequence here what would have been far more interesting and engaging and quite frankly more martin mcdonough would be to have gleason take the shears out there and then every word farrell said he cut a finger off oh yeah so we the audience could feel the severity of the situation and how real the scenario could be to take a break to take a break from the negativity for a sec i thought that barry keoghan was an absolute star in this film yeah. i've enjoyed watching his rise to fame over the last few 
few years. Mm. His role in this film is so playful and honest, a fully developed character. The fact that he is 30 or 29 when they were filming. What? And was able to bring such youth to this character was a sheer joy to watch. That is, I, I thought I, he was 26. He's our age. I thought, yeah, 25, 26. Wow. Wow. Anyone I know who has worked with him has said he is a joy to have on set and is always open to play and try new things, which comes across on screen for sure. He gives the best performance in this film by a mile. Gary Linden also performs wonderfully in this film, understanding the kind, understanding the kind of film he is in. Both Barry and Gary give performances that fit the time period of the piece as well. Kerry Condon was an absolute joy to watch as mm, well. Yeah, She's worked with McDonough before and gave us another full realized character with a believable arc from start to finish. Colin Farrell, who is a phenomenal actor, does not give a time period appropriate performance in this film. Oh. For me, it felt like a character from In Bruges to finish, from start to finish. Mm. Brendan Gleeson's performance felt like he was not acting at all, as if there was no character work at all. I was incredibly disappointed with these two. The film itself felt like an ad for Discover Island at times, with one too many establishing shots. However, I did like his use of aminals and music and sound, which is something he uses throughout his plays for other films. I look forward to see if this is what you guys were expecting me to think of the film or not. Maybe one day I can come on the pod, and we can talk all things Irish cinema. As an Irish filmmaker, actress myself, I am passionate about Irish film. Coming from such a big family, it has always been a part of my life, which I'm so grateful for. But it also means I can be quite picky slash protective over Irish films and filmmakers. Mm. This would not make my top 20 Irish films set about Ireland. Maybe it would make my top 30. I'm not sure. I think if people want to see McDonough Irish stories, they should wait until the next revival of one of his plays is on and see, and see that instead of whatever this film was. Thank you again for thinking of me and for the pod. Your friend, Bevan. Bevin, great email. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much. much. A really was, thorough, um, like so much more session. than I expected. So much more than we expected. Like, uh, and, and we really appreciate you, like the way you've engaged with that film. That's just like, thank you. Um, what to say there? Do you know what? When when you mentioned about checking your your phone for the time, and I made that like jokey comment, but the thing is, actually, I do remember for the, me for the first half an hour, I was a little fidgety. I was a little, uh, um, and I just put it down to it being the morning. I, I got into it. I, as the film progressed, and for me, him cutting off the fingers, I wanted more of that. I wanted more dark. The same. And this is my. When point. you said about it being boring, I do think there is a slight bagginess to it. That you know, in Bruges is quite punchy. It's really snappy and it yeah. really and really works. And I just feel like there's. I know what you mean about the establishing shots. It's like, okay, and now he's going to be walking down the country road, and we're going to have that for about a minute, and then he's going to have the dialogue with someone. I've I've got friends though who absolutely love this film. They find it hilarious, which is not a word I would use to describe it. I think it's got moments that funny. Um, but I, I, I realise you and I haven't spoken about it. No. What, what did you think of it? Uh, I mean, look, I found it so funny. Really? I, I feel like, especially in the first, you know, 30, 40 minutes, I was, really? I was just yeah. so many parts of it. I was just laughing so much. Like, especially the... Uh, the moment when he goes to to, to the confer to confess, <laughs> and the priest is like, "Well, listen, you're gonna burn in hell." And he's walking out. And he's like, "All right, next." Yeah, yeah. And um, uh, the ma- the main thing which I agree on Bevy on, Bevan on is uh, Be- Bevy, Bevy, <laughs> to our Bevy, a couple of Bevies. No, uh, Kelly Condon yes. as Siobhan yeah. and Barry Keegan as uh, I think it's Dominic. Kerry Condon just brings this amazing energy, where she's so fed up of yeah. like emotionally unintelligent men just not like figuring out what's going on and I just really felt I empathized with her story and the fact that she wanted to leave but really Mm. sort of felt guilty about that I thought it was brilliant and yeah but but Barry Keegan sort of ironically actually not being the dumbest person in Mm. in that movie and actually saying some stuff that was really smart yeah um I blows my mind that he's 30 yeah because I can't even think that and then yeah I think in in running through its concept you know it is about 
leaving a lasting impression on the world. It is about like being aware of your mortality and death. And I think that's such an interesting idea to explore in this like rift between two characters. And I think when the fingers start coming off, I wanted like an extra element of like, here we go, here's how it's going to mm. end or here's, here's what's going to happen between these two characters. And I felt like as you get to the end with the donkey dying, mm. I kind of was left thinking, was, was there another bit that I wanted here? Because mm. I think... Um, Kelly Condon leaving is quite uh, or mm. Siobhan leaving is quite a significant part yeah. at the moment for uh, Colin Farrell's character. Yeah, but I wonder if they should have played that out more. And you know, like the the the, the, mm. the the sound of gunshots is consistently yeah. there as like the conflict and all of this happening. And I'm wondering if that linking in to what Brendan Gleeson's character is going through should have mm. been more telegraphed. But I, think, I did really like it. Yeah, it's just you said about how funny you find. It. I mean. Maybe uh, maybe it's a bit like what Bevan said about the establishing shots. I, I found a lot of it maybe too set up. Like I feel like everything was quite set up. Where the, maybe the jokes were quite and and here comes the but dum but dum. I don't I, I just don't think I was. I probably see it again. I wasn't really engaging on that level. I remember that. Well, actually, what you just said about the pre scene, I'd forgotten that completely. Like I, I, oh, I that's no so funny. Um, this is like the great in the beginning. I didn't laugh like, out loud once. Really? No. Oh, I, 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 I maybe. Did I? I ch no, I did. I lo no, I did. Well, no, sorry, that's wrong. Actually, I did laugh at that once or twice, and I chuckled a little bit. But uh, I didn't. I didn't come away thinking that was really funny. I thought it was like I wanted wow. more. I wanted more foundational drama than yeah. sort of gappy uh, stuff. Um, about the ending, I my end my interpretation of the ending was that they th their hate for each other is what's going to keep them both alive. Right. I I, I took the view that like you know. Colin, uh, sorry, Brendan Gleeson talks about the despair he has, right? The How he, um, you know, he's just got such despair. And it's almost like he, Colin Farrell has seen that the only way, the, yeah, they're, they're hate, they've got both got nothing. And if they're not careful, that will kill them. And it's yeah. like, they've they've manufactured this hate for each other because it's the only thing that will keep them going. Or it's the only thing that will keep them fixated. Because other than that, it's almost, if they don't hate each other, and they've got nothing else to do, and that's even worse. And it's even more bleak and existential. So, you know, Brendan Gleeson almost creates this point of no return, where he's like, "Everything I do now, I want to become part of my legacy." And like, yeah. liking you has got nothing to do with that. So they're almost stuck, aren't they? Yeah, and I thought, but then I thought, like, is that also like? In, 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 I thought Colin Farrell was like, "Well, I'm going to be here. I'm going to be hating you." And it's almost like, in a weird twist way, it's like an act of love. It's like, yeah. "You want to hate me? Well, I, I'm going to hate you back too." Burn your house down. And we're going to, and we're going to, we're going to hate each other mutually because we're together. Like, and I like the kind of sort of pseudo bromance, pseudo breakup movie, and yeah. the witch, yeah, the, the weird lady witch. kind of representing death. I guess I think the, I'm closer to how Bevan feels than how you and my friends feel. It's yeah. really interesting. A lot of people have come back and said, "Oh, I'll rip roaring," but I. I, I, I didn't I didn't love it. A lot of people are like you're gonna love it. It's it's yeah. amazing. And I, I was I think I maybe had it a bit overhyped for me. So I liked the first half where I was really laughing, mm. and then towards the end I, I did think okay. Yeah, Where's but it it's but it but it's it's interesting. And I, I think yeah. I much preferred it to um uh three billboards and it's beautiful. The, those I mean there are a lot of establishing island yeah, shots, but, they're but nice. they are stunning. And just yeah. like uh, like bits where Colin Farrell is just sitting outside the pub. It's been Brendan Gleeson and the landscape yeah. behind him. It's phenomenal. Mm. Yeah, it is so, a bit visit island, isn't it? <laughs> it is a little bit, yeah. yeah. Um, so, but I, I, I think I, I really like uh, Bevan your email there and about how you contextualize it with how you think about you know the rest of the sort of Irish work. Um, Barry Kogan, if anyone hasn't seen it, Killing of a Sacred Deer, really oh, good, really great Barry Kogan performance. He does something different in everything he does. Yeah, and I, I can't wait for him to be the Joker. 
Oh yeah, it's gonna be yeah. weird. You've just seen like a silhouette of his pustuled face. Because yeah. he filmed a scene that they deleted. Yes, but he was out of focus for the whole thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, he's great. He's great. Yeah, that scene came wasted out in Eternals. Yeah, I can't believe he's in that. I completely forgot he was in that. Oh god, yeah, I forget about that film. Yeah, I know actually. I know I Are saw. Are doing a sequel to that? Like the Eternals Who coming cares? up? Let's not talk about Marvel. Sorry, yeah, yeah, we're talking about <laughs> Martin McDonough. Um, cool. I think okay. So I still maintain Banshees is interesting, a bit uneven, a little. I I think. What you have said though, and what I think, and probably what Bevan wants as well, is just something a little sharper, just a little more of a a punch, a thing in the ground yeah. to say, "Wow, here we are!" Like the, this, this, is this is the idea of this film. This is what this film is. Instead of sort of always, oh, kind of wandering and talking. And interesting, Bevan said that Colin Farrell, despite obviously being an incredible actor that we're all big fans of, that his performance maybe wasn't yeah era appropriate. Yeah, yeah. Era I actually, I do, I do find that really annoying when you see characters and, and behavior and talking in a way that's just mm. not. Mm. You put modern inflection in, in old mm. stuff. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, good stuff. Thanks, Bevan. Bevan, Appreciate thank that. you so much for writing in. Um, that was really great. And you didn't yeah. have to give us that long of a response, but we really, really do appreciate it. I look forward to giving more homework to our Irish correspondent. <laughs> more homework to all our listeners. I'd love to like cut live to Bevan. <laughs> You're just there like with the green hills. <laughs> Um, now I'm just picturing the woman who's like, don't, don't make go in journeys, journeys. Don't, go, make, don't go down dangerous roads. <laughs> terrible, terrible. Anyway, thank you thank very you much. So much. Just James, quickly to wrap up, you went and saw Living, which I'd seen at the film festival, and you'd mentioned a film that you, it was a film you wanted to see. And you've seen the trailer, you got really excited. Just quickly, what are your thoughts? Yeah, just some quick thoughts. I agree with a lot of what you had to say. I love the opening of uh, mm. London in that era on the old film. And um, Bill Nye, I think, gives what is obviously like, it sounds weird because it's Bill Nye, but a transformative yeah. performance. And I, I just absolutely re-fell in love with Bill Nye over, over and over again. And now I want him in everything, doing <laughs> loads of different things. Um, I think what I found really interesting was the exploration of the idea of like the identity of being a gentleman mm. and how he talked, you know, when I was a kid, yeah. all I wanted to be was a gentleman. Mm. I wanted to be in the outfit. I wanted to be regarded in this way. Mm. And you see that when he first um, comes off the train and all of his employees are also like, they always like, they really revere him. Mm. And you know, you meant to walk behind him and he has yes. this gravitas. And he did a wonderful impression where he just ever slightly turns his yeah. head and goes, I need somebody leaving early. Yeah. I need someone to deputize in my, <laughs> in my absence. Um, I think where I have, uh, it looks beautiful. Oh my yeah. God, you can never have yeah, understood how, how great it looks. I think where I ever so slightly uh, fell off living was at the very end, when um, you know he he's making this lasting effort to really push for this playground development mm. to happen, and he just all of a sudden has this sense of urgency, mm. and he's not willing to take no for an answer. And the whole moral of the story at the end is that if only we were nice and we yeah, all like did things so, yeah. for people, that we could you know create a better life. Well, any small difference, every make a small big difference thing, yeah. you make. And I think the there's a scene when his four employees are all on the train. I knew you, I knew you would talk about this scene. They would go, oh, maybe if we all behaved, yeah, like. Like Mr. What's his Williams, name? Mr. Williams. Williams, we could all do this. Yeah, let's make a vow. And then there's a scene with the policeman where he talks, and I uh, talks about how I only ever saw him briefly, but he seemed at peace. I think this whole mm. it, wouldn't it be nice if we were all nice people just dragged a little bit because I did understand mm. what was what it was going for, and I think I ever so slightly was like, okay, well, got it. I think that's fair. I knew you were going to mention the thing on the train, but, but but for me, I also thought that raised a little flag in my mind. I thought, oh, that seems a little bit hokey. But then they mentioned that bit on the train of, yes, let's all do our bit by Mr. Williams. Because yeah. to then, 
two scenes later, they've completely disbanded. Yes. They just do, don't, do not stick to that identity, no. except for the young guy. Um, and I liked the scene with the policeman at the end. I actually thought he was going to talk about it in a much more sort of like uh, spirit, spirit way, like I feel like he's still here or whatever. Right, yeah. Um, but I also, what undercut the any schmaltziness in that moment mm-hmm. when he meets the policeman at the end is that, correct me if I'm wrong, but my understanding is that he dies, he died by being out in the cold. That's what I, I took from it. And I've spoken to other people who have seen it. And that's yeah, because probably. obviously there's that jump cut where they say, right, it's two stops to so-and-so and then it cuts and it's his funeral. Yeah. And you're thinking, what's happened? And then I love that scene with the son and, and Amy Lou Wood where he's sort oh, of yeah. like, oh, my father, did you happen to, um, yeah. some people saw you. Um, and he, because he says something very quickly, he says like, oh, it, it was just so cold. And, and um, I like, so the idea of the policeman seeing him is both like really heartwarming moment, but it's also like, this is, you know, he dies, like he's out there in the cold and he, he, but, but it's also like, he's at peace. He is at peace and he's just free to swing away. And he's singing the song, he's singing the mm. bar. And the, the scenes with his kids, I thought were really well done as well. Oh, when he's yeah. trying to find the words to say it. And he's like in the mirror, oh God, bit of a ball really. Yeah. Need to, uh, yeah. And he just doesn't. And he, <laughs> yes, so I know the, exactly oh. the scene. And he, he's off that, uh, you know, period and sort of, class of man that does not probably have the tools to be to emotionally tell his family that what's going on and you're just sort of like completely heartbroken as someone who in so many other ways has everything figured out but does not have uh, the ability to open up like that to his to his to his kids and you actually really don't really like the children and no no no, i don't think it's it's their son by the way it's It's just son yeah yeah. yeah. but yeah i know they because they just they just they're ignorant to what's going to happen with him i did like it when he was waiting in the living room and he sort of has all these memories like flashing in front of him you know he like yeah he looks to the left and he sees his dad in the army coming back from the back from the war yeah he sees himself in the war or um and uh i loved what do you think of amy lou wood fantastic yeah that really just lit up the screen wonderful contrast to bill nye and like when he says oh you know i wanted to be a gentleman and he says like he's basically dying and she's just like what and like she's just so emotional like no mr williams (laughs) and when he comes to see her at her new job it's not quite what she thought and he's like i'd have a word with the manager if you'd like she's like absolutely not no you won't yeah um i i i i know what you mean about it might i thought there was enough sort of bitterness bittersweet sadness melancholy underneath the ending to undercut the schmaltziness but i I thought it was touching. I did not find it a little bit... A little uh, bit 100%. Me. I really did. Yeah. Another detail I loved, you talked about, you know, the set design and mm. like the very... It's what I describe as a super analogue office. Mm. The stacks of papers mm. and the little details and the fact that you just have this thing and we'll put it there mm. and that was the filing and yeah. everyone's got these little trays where yeah. papers collate and they go, where is it? And they just spend yeah. a few minutes going through and everything was just, paper was perfectly furled a little bit. You yeah. have this old radiator in the back. Yeah, and yeah, sound. Yeah. I just love, it was like the sound, the look, the feel mm. it had, that office had texture. Yes. And yes. Um, I really could picture it in my mind's eye despite yeah. having never been alive in that era or in yeah. that office. I felt like I knew what that was like. And um, one other thing, Tom Burke, when he goes to visit Tom Burke, which is a kind of a bit of a non sequitur in Brighton, right? Yeah. But I liked that I took it when he leaves Tom Burke and Tom Burke's sort of thinking about it. I got the impression that Tom Burke, who has come across as like a bit of a sort of a, uh, not a waster, just a bit of a floater, yeah. is sort of thinking, I need to get my life together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, that's what I took from it. That little interaction um, sort of. Yeah. yeah. But 
I, I, I still think you. I was quite impressed though. When you did, you would you still on the whole say you yeah, liked it? I, yeah, I, I really liked it. I yeah. just think I, I kind of was like, I get it. You got it. You got, you got the message. Yes. Before got the, the message. Yeah. I had a little bit of a joke on moment yeah. sort of in it, but um, yeah, beautiful film. Bill Nye is um, great. Not great. Well, that was living. And if you have any thoughts on the film, you know what to do. You can email hello at popkitchenpodcast.com. But that is the end of our sort of spoiler chat uh, mm-hmm. for this week. Just sort of, we th- thought we'd assemble the miscellaneous parts. Listen to episode 51 if you haven't yet already. Yeah. Talk about, about yeah. Black Panther, Armageddon Time, Barbarian, the first bit. Yeah. The non-spoilery <laughs> bit. Non-spoilery <laughs> bit. Uh, and other than that, see you next week.